forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories stories to to Tell on the Pod. It's a podcast all about scary stories, urban legends, spooky real things that you tell us about. It's also a comedy podcast uh, that's chatty and casual, Um, not real ghost hunter investigator vibes here. It's more like um, uh, Leslie Jones uh, has found a monkey paw and she's just like, nah, and then she just tosses aside. Yes, we're we're laughers. We're not we're not primarily scarers. <laughs> um, and we, you know, if podcasts where the hosts talk to each other bother you, then then you know maybe maybe this is a growth opportunity. <laughs> That's true. This is an exposure therapy to you learning how small talk functions. <laughs> Oh my god! Anytime someone says exposure therapy, all I think about is the episode of the Tyra show where she, a woman, was like, "I'm deathly afraid of birds, and I just do everything I can to avoid birds." And then they put birds by her head, and she just cries. Of course, I do feel that Tyra repeatedly makes mention of, or no, I do feel that Tyra is a frequent appearance on this show in terms of conversation because I do think there was a lot for her about. Um, I think she's fascinated with fear. Interesting. There's a I lot know. I I relate to Tyre because I don't think she's great at conversation. <laughs> um and like <laughs> I just think if you're a hot teenager, then why would you develop that skill? Um <laughs> which is why I don't have it, obviously. <laughs> um but yeah, just I, I'm a dancing with the stars, some on again, off again fan. Oh, and sure. she doesn't know how to talk to people on it. So speaking of scary things, it is deep in October now, Anna. It is. Um, it sure is. And because it's a Monday, it feels like an opportune time for us to read from Alvin Schwartz and Stephen Gamble's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series. Yes, it certainly is. Um, and this story that I've chosen for us today, it's another classic that I can't believe we haven't done yet. Um, it is from the original Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, mm-hmm. um, collected from Folklore and retold by Alvin Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gamble. And this is my original copy that I'm reading from. <gasps> wow. Um, that I got at the Scholastic Book Fair Ugh. in elementary school, which is sort of interesting if you squint your eyes and think about it. <laughs> um, and it's um, very, very weathered and a little bit wet from the bath in some parts. I love a bath book. A bath book. Um, and uh, the story is in the section called... Other Dangers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is called High Beams. Anna, I can't believe we haven't done this one yet. I'm very excited about it. I can't believe it either. We're running out of non-racist stories, so <laughs> this is a, a delight and a treat to find. true. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. High Beams. The girl driving the old blue sedan was a senior at the high school. Okay. She lived. No name at all. No first name, no last name. Uh, To be fair, the car doesn't have a name either. So really, it's not sexist. (laughs) 
It's all genders. <laughs> Girl, car, high school, <laughs> senior. <laughs> she lived on a farm about eight miles away and used the car to drive back and forth. This also feels like language class level, like uh, La Chica Le Gusta El Biblioteca. Yeah, this, this bar was heavily from Muzzy. This feels very Muzzy. Yes, yes. These children aren't French. They're driving. Je suis, je suis la <laughs> she had driven into town that night to see a basketball game. Now she was on her way home. As she pulled away from the school, she noticed a red pickup truck follow her out of the parking lot. A few minutes later, the truck was still behind her. Guess we're going in the same direction, she thought. She began to watch the truck in her mirror. When she changed her speed, the driver of the trucks changed the driver of the truck changed his speed. When she passed a car, so did he. Then he turned on his high beams, flooding her car with light. Ooh. He left them on for almost a minute. He probably wants to pass me, she thought, but she was becoming uneasy. Usually she drove home over a back road. Not too many people went that way. But when she turned onto that road, so did the truck. I've got to get away from him, she thought, and she began to drive faster. Then he turned on his high beams again. After a minute, he turned them off. Then he turned them on again and off again. She drove even faster, but the truck driver stayed right behind her. Then he turned his high beams on again. Once more, her car was ablaze with light. What is he doing? She wondered. What does he want? <laughs> then he turned them off again. But a minute later, he had them on again, and he left them on. It does feel like we've gone eight miles, I have to say. I do. Feel, I, also, the, the emphasis in the grammar of this section is very peculiar. I know. What is he doing makes sense, but what does he want? Kind of puts it in like a Zsa Zsa Gabor sort of voice. <laughs> what is he doing? What does Wearing he an want? ascot after winter? <laughs> At last, she pulled into her driveway, and the truck pulled in right behind her. She jumped from the car and ran to the house. Call the police, she screamed at her father. Out in the driveway, she could see the driver of the truck. He had a gun in his hand. <gasps> when the police arrived, they started to arrest him, but he pointed to the girl's car. You don't want me, he said. You want him. Crouched behind the driver's seat, there was a man with a knife. And then we have two returns, so new, new paragraph, but it's, it's down <laughs> a little bit. As the driver of the truck explained it, the man slipped into the girl's car just before she left the school. He saw it happen, but there was no way he could stop it. He thought about getting the police, but he was afraid to leave her, so he followed her car. Each time the man in the back seat reached up to overpower her, the driver of the truck turned on his high beams. Then the man dropped down, afraid that someone might see him. The, the end. end. This is a bit... Okay, this is like very big... Um, this is a very big cornerstone of the American urban legend. Yes, this is a very classic. Um, I think it's sort of, I think my mom, 
this is one of the stories that I read to her and she had to explain to me what high beams were. Yeah. I had no idea. Um, because we just didn't go to the woods, I guess. But uh, <laughs> this, I think she had vague knowledge of this story as a young woman in the 1970s. I think uh, yeah, cars were a dangerous place. Cars were a dangerous um, place for a woman to drive. Because where are you going, lady? <laughs> I. It's funny. I think... I, as I was saying to you before, Anna, I, I was not what one would call um, a car boy. So I didn't know what high beams were <laughs> either. But I was like, oh, that must be something my uh, our cars don't have. <laughs> like It just yeah. never occurred to me what that could even be. Um, but yeah, very scary. Certainly very scary if, you are, if you're a person who drives in like a rural area. The idea oh, of someone yeah. hiding in the backseat of your car is very scary. I mean... Yeah, I guess people also just in Andrew and I, we have covered this at length. The vague time period of these books goes between loosely the 1830s and like the 1970s is the latest that it goes, really. And this is right in there. Um, And uh, yeah, just the 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 fear of like, I'm leaving town, I'm leaving my home and I'm going around. Uh, with that, yeah, it's just like that. Nothing I'm saying is a sentence. Can you tell I'm absolutely <laughs> shell shocked from lack of sleep? <laughs> and yeah, and actually in the car, and that's the thing about the car <laughs> as a trope, as a character. And the car really is the fifth lady, if you think about it. This is like, this is like when I, I feel this way all the time, uh, Anna, whenever I'm a guest in the podcast or even in our podcast, where it sort of is like, I'm in a dream where I've had a teleprompter and then all of a sudden the teleprompter is like beep boop hippopotamus. And then I'm like, Oh, I have to just improvise this speech about economics um, off the top of my head. Okay. Oh, there's a, there's an illustration that I should give note to. And this is one of the illustrations. There's a lot of different ones where it goes from like super um, out there. Bizarre has nothing to do with the story where it's just like a Rudy splat. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's more literal ones. And this one is extremely literal, which I kind of like because it's still in that scary area. The scary. Yeah. Um, it's a girl who sort of looks like Haley Hepworth. Oh, our friend, friend Haley. Yeah, it is. It is very. Yeah. She just appears to be from Mountain West State um, with the center part and blonde hair, mm-hmm. um, a slight build. And she's driving what looks like to be a station wagon. It's got like that sort of vertebrae looking very skinny steering wheel. Yeah, very thin. Yeah. Um yeah, and like really spindly. I don't know how to say that word. Spindly. No, you're Spin- correct. Spindly? Yep. Mm, doesn't feel correct. <laughs> but I trust you and I trust Ladybird and I trust Jason. You might not want to trust it. me because I think I've mentioned this before, but for a very long period of my life I thought the word misled was pronounced misled. So take <laughs> take spindly with a grain of salt. And you know what? It is pronounced Meisel by you, <laughs> which is just God's own truth. Um, and very sp- spindly. I forget what we spindly, landed on. Yeah, spindly. spindly. Oh, boy. Spindly little sticks connecting it to the center. And she's going, oh. <laughs> and you can see her teeth. Yes. And she's got her, her little skeleton hands on the wheel. And over her left shoulder are these two giant uh sort of ghostly orb high beams mm. and then surrounding the left side of her is shadow and roots and um 
little splats. Yeah, it um, feels as though she's gone through a car wash where instead of water, they were using like um, ink water. Like that's very like she just got yes. she just got deeply Stephen Gamble. She went through a Stephen Gamble car wash. Oh, yeah. If you've ever done like watercolors at camp and they left him out to dry, but then it rained like it looks like <laughs> that. I also will um, say just on the I think, again, one of the many talents of Stephen Gamble is capturing um very specific emotional expressions and her that the 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 sound you made anna of like oh or her being like what like it just it even captures her accent i feel (laughs) why yeah oh yeah that absolutely feels right quite an accomplishment um yeah and it does seem like she's coming home from a basketball game oh yeah that's that's basketball hair that is basketball hair where you don't want to look like you dressed up too much, but you know. Yeah, you you washed your hair and you kind of half dried it with the dryer. Just a little bit, just on your bangs. Yeah, just, yeah, that's the, that's really the most important thing. Wow, there's so much going on in the story. That's not true. There's one thing going on in the story. <laughs> um, Andrew, what is scary about this to you? Oh, okay. So um, people invading your personal space is very scary. Yes, um, correct. Um, especially in very small spaces where there's not a lot of places to hide, but there is one in particular place to hide. Um, it's scary when a fun night turns into a scary night, and it's scary when you think someone's trying to kill you and they do have a gun, and so that is hard. But also, a person in your back seat has a knife. It's kind of like what's worse: <laughs> the driver in the car. W- the driver in another car with a gun or someone in your car with a knife. That feels like, that feels like a, yeah. the raft exercise. You need a, the only one who can stop a bad guy with a knife who's in your car is a good guy with a gun who's not in your car, but he's also scaring the life out of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard to not make this be like a meme or like a metaphor where it's like, the thing you're actually terrified of is so far away and actually trying to help you. But the thing that you don't even know about is the thing that's going to kill you. Yeah. Like I'm really worried about like, um, let's say, you know, catastrophic climate change killing me. Mm. Um, I'm worried about it in an altruistic way, but then I'm also worried about like being burned to death while being flooded to death. <laughs> um, but then the thing that's going to stab me is like high blood pressure and a stroke, know. you know, <laughs> I think about that <laughs> all like, the time. Don't worry about the waves. Right. I'm like, I, I walk, if I come home to my apartment and there's no one here, like I walk around with a butcher knife, but then it's like, I have ground beef for like two out of every three meals. So I, <laughs> like maybe I should That's the knife guy. <laughs> um, somebody please buy my, my, um, sitcom the knife guy. <laughs> Anna, you don't have to do ad libs if your brain isn't working. You could just do the podcast. The amount of times, Anna, you're much better at it than I am. The amount of times I start off with like a fun joke and then I'm like, oh, I don't have a joke. I just started laughing. Oh, that's good though. Well, everybody loves your laugh. Maybe. Um, I also will Um, say so, Anna, what? Because this is a story that you certainly remember. What about this story is seared into your brain? Um, the idea that like, if I leave the house, I'll get killed. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think my parents love me very much and uh, tried to put fear into me. Um, I think like, so I just relate to this sort of like 
well, you know, you could do everything right and still get stabbed in your car. <laughs> um, also, a blue sedan was sort of, it was like the flashy color yeah. growing up. So that the idea of a blue car was very like, ooh. Um, right. Because when, when I hear blue, I don't think navy blue. Because navy blue is not blue. Blue is, to me, turquoise. I hate to break it to you. Oh, interesting. I was picturing like a denim color. Oh, see, that's like correct. A dusty denim. Yeah. The the it car of my year in high school was a powder blue Mustang convertible. Oh, wow. Powder blue um, was really having a moment in 2005. Look, a lot of girls' dads were cops. It, <laughs> uh, it can't be helped. <laughs> the so. long powder blue line is just girls who like powder blue cars. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, just the, the like contrast between the darkness and the lightness and the shock of having it be very bright when it's dark outside. Mm -hmm. It also, this could be a metaphor for knowledge, you know, like it's, you don't, you say, turn off the light. I don't want to see. Oh yeah. Or something like that. I'm That could be kind of interesting to think or say. What was going on? What was going on in the stabber's brain? Cause I'm confused by this. Once, uh, yeah. Once the high beams are on, you know someone sees you in the car about to stab. Yeah, I guess he had no way of knowing if that car was still there, although he probably would have heard it. Yeah. I'm, what 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 do you think if you're putting yourself in the shoes of the stabber? If I'm in the stabbing shoes, I guess we're to infer that he's going to arm her. Mm-hmm. Uh, um and that he wants to do that. I guess also I pictured him being like a, a giggling crazy person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, that's the sort mascot. of in that world of the story. That's the mascot of the series. Yes. the <laughs> <laughs> You're much better at that laugh than I am, Andrew. I think, I mean, that's a hard thing to know about myself. Um, but I will own the like, <laughs> like, yeah. If things really You'll go own south, it. I'm covered. You, yeah, you you have a, a nope bail. <laughs> um, Andrew, <laughs> what's seared into your memory? That's fine. I don't want to break a muscle. I, and I have a lot of respect for that. I think more comedians, l- gentle listener, if ever you're in the midst of saying a thing and you're like, <laughs> I don't like where this thing I'm saying is going, you could just say bail, like, and then just stop. And I think that should be a socially acceptable yep. thing for everyone just to be like, yep, okay, great. Never mind. If you've ever listened to someone else say a sentence and you're like, I wish I could fast forward, like just give that gift to someone else. Be like, oh, I've realized this isn't interesting and I think maybe I'm wrong. So never mind. I should have done that earlier. I think the first thing I said to Anna when we got on the phone today was um, SNL had their series premiere or their season premiere last night. And I said, how does it feel to have one in the can? Which (laughs) should have just bailed. Yeah, no, it was good because the answer was the same. So, uh, well, you know, really, uh, it happened in one night, but it really took a week of prep. And, uh, you know, you can sort of predict for how these things are going to play out. But ultimately, I shit everywhere and uh, made a big mess and embarrassed myself. And Listen, uh, it's all about the collaborative process. Look, it feels good. I will say that Andrew, I I gave him Purell at one or Chris. I gave Chris Purell. I squirted it into his hand and said, "When was the last time someone squirted into your hand?" <laughs> and Chris's response, and he's his response was, "Well," <laughs> and then 
I lost my mind. <laughs> um, well, okay. We're bad. Here's what, here's also irresponsible, <laughs> irresponsible question to ask you. Put yourself in the mind of this stabbing man who's trying to harm a woman. Very bad. Um, no, should, it's good. He's probably cool. But <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of power in admitting what you should have bailed on, and um, there's no shame in bailing. Oh, I think that's great. There's no shame in the bail game. Um, I think for me, what sticks out in my head is I remember reading this story probably around the time Jurassic Park came out, and thinking that this was an illustration of not just Laura Dern, <gasps> but Laura Dern as Dr. Sadler. It probably is. It v- distinct Laura Dern vibes. Distinct. Um, David Lynch vibes. This whole series. Yes. Yeah, a woman going, huh? Yeah. Feels very David Lynch. I'm in danger and I'm in a car. Yeah. What? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why, but I do find maybe the funniest go-to reaction for me is when someone is shocked to, to just be like, what? I do find that very funny. <laughs> well, you're in luck. Um, cause we have more stories. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, who would we cast? I feel like we haven't cast one in a while. Oh, it's, yeah, it has been a while. Um, who are you gravitating towards for the girl, Anna? Oh my God. Who am I? Gra- I mean, there's Karen and Shipka for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she wants to play high school anymore. Yeah. She's moving I think on. Maybe she, although I don't know. She's only 20. That's that is and and it's like she has a very youthful vibe about her. And I think yes. it's like take advantage of that while you can. I also buy that she's stressed about a test. Yes, very much so. Like if I saw her say, I'm so stressed about this test, I as a viewer would say, Yes, you are. You know? Yeah. I it's funny, and I this this person is well outside of the of, of high school castability, but I, I say that as a good thing, but I, I feel Krista Milioti. Oh is yeah. Very much. She's someone who I like the way that she subverts the trope of damsel in distress, you know? Um, oh, interesting. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but are there other times she's done that? Well, I think that, I think that what she often plays is like um, someone who is found in a vulnerable position who then you realize the power that they have like Palm Springs most recently. Oh and yeah. Then, and also I'll say it once the musical, I think that she kind of, she kind of enters into it being like too. someone in need, but is instead a very independent person herself. Oh yeah. Also her episode on, uh, <gasps> modern love. Oh, I don't, uh, I it's the it. New York times column did a show on Amazon prime. That was not terribly well watched, but she had an episode about like it's it's worth watching. I I don't know if this is because it was early in quarantine around the time that I realized that this wasn't going to be just like a month um, <laughs> or what. Uh, but I sobbed in a way that I hadn't sobbed in a long time watching something on television. Oh, wow. like it was deeply beautiful, I've got to watch. but it was a similar setup where it was like, oh, no, I'm just a girl and I need help. And she did very well. Yeah. I thought you were going to say her episode from 30 Rock. And I was like, in a way, sure. Oh, my God. That's true. I know. Yeah. that That's her. Tr- You're so right, Andrew. I'm sorry. I, I thought I was putting you in a position of having to, <laughs> to dig deep. but No, I, I, um, I, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised that I was correct, that I have something to back up a thing I said, because that's almost never the case. 
I love that. Um, who's in the truck, Andrew? Oh, is it Ed Harris? I, who's in there? Ed Harris is very the the truck behind or or her truck. Yeah, yeah. No, the truck. Yeah. Um, I think I think Ed Harris is great. Someone who you would buy as being uh, someone who repairs farm equipment, and Ed Harris is that. Yeah, that's good. What about the stabber? Um, oh, I was going to say also Stanley from the office in the other truck, I think would be sort of a fun energy where he's like, where has she lived? Come I, on. Yeah, Leslie. What's his last name? Leslie David Baker. Leslie David Baker. Love a three, love a three name. He's got a three. Um, um, and the stabber. What do we think? Um, Ladybird. <laughs> I do like that casting joke. I do have to say she is now wearing a skull sweater that was gifted to her by a friend, Annie Tip. Oh, a skull um, sweater. From, from her mother's pug, who doesn't currently wear it. Am um, it, She looks like a little Hot Topic dog. I could believe it. Am I inviting a gentle listener to um, draw some fan art of Lady Bird in a skull sweater about to stab the Laura Dern person in the front <laughs> seat of this illustration? Please, somebody... <laughs> She's right now resting very sweetly on a, a fleece blanket. Oh, that she um, she was born to rest on fleece. She really was <laughs> on fleece. She's a little butter On fleece is our version of on fleek, Anna, and it oh, just means no. we're getting cozy. <laughs> oh God, no, no, I'm not doing this with you. Not today, Andrew. You will not drag me down to your level. Send me away. I was made for more than this. <laughs> The other day, I, we realized that we have to wash this blanket because she was aggressively licking it. I was like, it shouldn't taste like anything. Were you raised under the assumption? I remember hearing like, well, dog spit is the cleanest thing in the world. Like, I, I don't know who told me that. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> I was lied Andrew, to. Dog spit is the cleanest thing in the world. Are you thinking of urine? No. So I remember very clearly. I was misled. <laughs> I, someone no, you were, someone misled you misled me i was told i'm better than getting mazled jesus i remember people saying like do, first of all i remember someone saying the reason why dogs want to lick cuts on your hand is that they want to heal you because because dog spit has <laughs> healing properties do dogs lick cuts on your hand i feel like dogs are i mean i when you're a kid you've always got a cut somewhere and dogs are just licking whatever they can get and no. and so i think like that i don't know where this came from I now I feel like I'm spreading misinformation to even repeat. Like, I feel like this is going to end up on QAnon or something. It will. (laughs) I hope it does. Get it out there. Get it out there. I would love. We need their manpower. People could just rally around this instead of, you know, other things that are ending the world. That would be great. So, Anna, this was a really great one to read. Thank you so much for bringing it in. Oh, (laughs) it was so heavy. (laughs) And I had to carry. I. I had to carry it eight miles to the <laughs> recording studio that's in my house. Oh, and you had to, it had to have a seat at the basketball game at your high school and everything. And I had to go rah, rah, sis, boom, boys. <laughs> and then I drove home and I almost got stabbed. And Anna, if you don't have a sweater that says rah, rah, sis, boom, boys at some point in your life, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know. I know. We got to get it. Andrew, did anything scary happen to you this week? Oh, it sure did. Okay. Oh, no. I don't like that definitiveness of that answer. I'm scared now. Well, it's it, here's the thing. It's a minor thing, but it does feel like it does feel like I will get some sort of comeuppance a la like a creep show sort of thing where 
Um, there was one very large fly in our apartment and, um, Uh I was on a, I was in a zoom meeting and this fly was like going around, going around. It was so frustrating. We had a five minute break in the zoom meeting and I was like, I'm going to get this fly. I, uh, sprayed it with Windex, which I don't know why this is often a tactic I do just to slow, just to slow a bug down, you know, (laughs) get it wet, slow the bug down. Yeah. And, um, I got him. And I, I kind of was just, I was like, he's going to die. Like he looked like he was in his last leg and he was so wet, Anna, that like, I was like, this fly is not flying anytime soon. <laughs> he's a wet fly. He's a wet fly. Um, meeting starts up again, fly back to life. And I know it was the same one because it was not in the original location from before where I assumed it would be dead. And Anna, the Windex fly flew straight in between my eyes to the <gasps> point that I smelled Windex. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Vengeful. Flies are people. Um vengeful and churlish. Uh and then I did kill the fly. Um Oh my god. How? By squash? I squashed. I squashed it with a Mad Libs book. Oh. <laughs> you have Mad Libs books? Of course. I'm jealous. I, listen, oh sometimes I have I have nieces and nephews. Sometimes you got to, you know, break out the Mad Libs. I made. I tried to make a Mad Lib in Google Docs for my friends um, for their baby shower, and there were like online, like easy way to make a Mad Lib in Google Docs, and it was like simply download five programs, become a computer programmer, be smart, <laughs> and then start. I was like, oh god, maybe I'll just write it. Um, but yeah, that was my scary thing. But, How about you, Anna? Oh boy, that is scary. That's like revenge from beyond the grave. Very much so. Um. I had a scary thing happen to me this week again, which was I watched a scary movie. Yes, that's right, guys. I am trying to become a scary movie watcher. Um, I'm scared. I'm scared of the same movies that I want to watch, which are basically haunted house movies. Anything with ghosts is the only thing I want to watch and I can't watch it. Otherwise, as soon as the sun goes down, the ghosts are real and I'm stupid and I'm scared of them. Um. I'm easily in my thirties and I scared of ghosts, which is good. Um, but I was told about this movie by my friend. Maybe you've heard of him. Andrew farmer. Oh, I know that person. this movie is on shutter, which is again, an opposite sponsor. <laughs> of us. They're like, get away from us. Um, is called host. Yes. Um, is a movie made in quarantine shot on zoom. It is 54, 56 minutes long. I love it. And I love it so freaking much. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. That I watched it twice in the same day. Although I will say the first week or the first week when I watched it, it took me many days because I had to watch it just like four minutes at a time because it was so scary. (laughs) Um, It's I won't I won't give it away. I just think that you should maybe watch it. Yes. Email me if you need a shutter login. I probably won't respond, but (laughs) I I just want you to watch it. Um, And it scared my ass off that I, I also, so, okay. So for people who want to watch scary movies, but are scared of them, here's what I did that maybe will help you. And Andrew, I think you said you do this also. Yes, I watched correct. it in a browser window and minimized it really small. Mm-hmm. Important. Because that's how I was able to watch La Llorona was on a plane. Cause it's like, well, if it's small, it can't get me. <laughs> if they're my size, I'm spooked. <laughs> Cause that's how big I am. That's true. It, it, 
it follows the same logic as my size Barbie, where if my size oh. Barbie is your size, she can be your friend, but also she can hurt you. But if she's small, <laughs> all she I wanted was a my size Barbie, and then I just kept growing, and I was like, well. <laughs> And, uh, I remember it was three feet tall. That sounds like all I wanted was a my size Barbie, but I just kept growing. Feels like it's going to be in a Reader's Digest in a month. Oh, please bring it on! <laughs> they're my, they're my absolute. They're my, I'm their opposite sponsor. <laughs> you know they have featured you though, Anna. Many times. I love it. It makes me so happy. It's really confusing because my mom will be like this is great do you get paid for this and i'm like for them printing my tweet no (laughs) certainly not um (laughs) it's very sweet thank you tiny square magazine i love you um i bought a tv guide uh reader's digest and tv guide i guess are the only ones that are that size and shape that's true but if it had Mulder and scully on the color on the cover it's in my house and again i my brain is a sloshy soup so (laughs) But okay, so I made the window very small. That helped. Mm-hmm. You turn the sound all the way down. Good. You watch two minutes at a time. Important. And then once you finish it, you watch it through again. I think that's great. Because real life only happens once. And movie, if you watch it twice, then it's clear that it's a movie. <laughs> that is true, Anna. That's very true. That really helped me. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying thank you. I, I do feel some a tactic that I have used sometimes is... I just throw up those subtitles. I put it on mute. I watch it once through like that just to eliminate jump scares from the menu, you know? Oh yeah. I also like looked away for big parts of it and yeah. But yeah, very good. Yeah, the... Not, not very gory, which is also helpful, but some gore but an appropriate amount of gore. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the movie's scary. It's good. Highly. Re- again, highly recommend seeing it any which way you can. Um, also apparently, uh, there's a new movie again. They're not sponsors. I'm so sorry. And now you're going to be suspicious because we keep saying it, but it just is true. This is a horror comedy podcast, but we're going to talk about shutter at some point, obviously. Um, but Josh Rubin's new movie scare me is on shutter and everyone's raving about it. I can't wait to watch it. Well, we simply have to watch. I'd love to. He's the funniest. Oh, good. Um, Anna, it's such a pleasure to talk about scary and funny things with you on this month. Um, high spooky days. I know. Happy high spooky days to you and yours. May you be inscribed in the book of spooky dookies. <laughs> um, and yeah, we hope you everyone's. Oh boy. We hope you everyone. We hope you're everyone. And. <laughs> <laughs> We hope every everyone. Oh boy, <laughs> and that's the name of that show. Um, but if you're new to this podcast, which maybe because it's October, you're kind of dipping your toes in the world of creepy, funny podcasts. First of all, welcome. And also, if you like what you hear, if you could throw us a, a five star review on uh, wherever you get your uh, podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. Yes, we would. And um. And that's really all. Except for one thing. Get, Get out. out. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. 
To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.